And I think I had the, also the expectation. I think a lot of people come into this thinking that they're going to get a deal right away. And, you know, you have no pipeline, you have nothing. And they think, and sometimes people do get lucky. And I've seen a lot of my friends get lucky and do that. I'm like, that's amazing for you, but you know, just got to keep going. And that's, that's the biggest thing I've learned. Like you can't expect results immediately. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. You're listening to the Wholesaling Inc. Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hardy. I see it all the time. You want to build wealth by real estate investing, but the problem is what you want to do might not match where you live or your lifestyle. See, not all real estate investing strategies work in every market. And it's natural to think that you have to invest in your backyard because real estate is such a tangible object. You think you have to be able to touch it. And for that reason, most real estate investors just settle for the problems and limitations that their market brings because they think that that is their only option. But it doesn't have to be that way. I am here to show you that you don't need to live where you invest and you can have location and time freedom. My goal is to dispel any myths and inspire you to think differently about how you invest in real estate by taking a virtual perspective. I always say, live anywhere, invest where you want. Today, I'm going to be speaking with one of my VIM students, Taylor Bisaki. She is incredible. In a very short amount of time, she's already closed her first couple deals, and she's got a few deals in the pipeline as well. She started with me in my virtual investing mastery program with no experience at all. And she decided to get mentorship because she wanted to cut the learning curve in virtual wholesaling. She lived in Northern California. She lives in the Bay Area. So wholesaling is pretty competitive, near impossible where she lives. So she knew immediately that a virtual model was much more conducive to what she was looking for in her real estate investing career. This is an awesome episode with a lot of great tips. So make sure you listen to it all the way. And if you think that anyone you know might benefit from this episode, make sure you share it with a friend. And don't forget to rate us wherever you listen to this podcast. Let's get into it. Taylor, what's up? Welcome to the show. Hey, Lauren, how's it going? And thanks for having me here. I'm so excited. I'm excited to have you. Now, don't you have a broadcasting background? I do. I do. Yeah, I am a journalist right now. and I live in San Francisco. So Hence why I definitely um, vibed with you as a coach for virtual. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. I'm just uh, south of you in Orange Mm -hmm. County, but still very similar real estate environment where our hometown really doesn't work as a wholesaler. It's very competitive if you're a flipper or a developer. Rentals doesn't really make any sense at all to have a rental at all. Nope. Like you will be <laughs> negative cash flow if you have a loan on your property. Um, so we live in a really frustrating area. Yeah. But so how did you hear about wholesaling, given that you lived in an area where probably not a lot of people around you were doing it? 
Yeah, I um, I think like a lot of us during the pandemic, you kind of were like, you know, I have all this extra free time. Like, what am I going to do with it? Mm-hmm. And I've always been, you know, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. And I've always like, what can I do? What can I do as a side hustle? And uh, I started looking into things. I went down the Amazon FBA rabbit hole. And then, but something I've always been interested in was real estate. My family has background in it. And it's something that always piqued my interest. And I was like, well, I wonder what if, what if I did something in real estate? And so I uh, went to some of those like free seminars and started hearing more about wholesaling. So of course, then I found Wholesaling Inc. I started diving into the podcast, like a lot of us and how a lot of us find you all, find all of you coaches. And I dove into the podcast and, you know, I started listening to you, to Brent, and I just really sort of, as I mentioned in the beginning, connected with you being in a market where maybe it doesn't make sense to do it in your backyard. And I just took the leap of faith and I jumped right in. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, you are super smart that you didn't even try to do it alone. Like you just went straight for getting coaching. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I hear from people that they try it like using YouTube University, they try to figure it out using online resources and they just waste like a year and a half of their lives and like $10,000 in marketing. <laughs> and then, oh, then they come to me. Totally. Yeah. And I think I have that problem though, too. I normally fall into analysis paralysis and I will spend hours and hours listening and reading, but it's one of those things where I knew I needed to get connected with someone who knew what they were doing to fast track and be able to, you know, maybe not also get myself in trouble and do things the wrong way. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause there is a lot of things you could do with wholesaling that actually like you do it the wrong way and you could get yourself in trouble. So that's super smart. So you thought about joining, you joined, you just right out of the gate joined my program. And I do remember you were, you know, SoCal, you know, living and did you already like have a market in mind before you came to me? How did you pick a market? No, not at all. I just, I went through your program and did the modules and I kind of narrowed it down. And that's really as well, where I fell into analysis paralysis. Oh yeah. I ended up choosing uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. And then I, you know, it's one of the smaller ones too. So I've also been doing some deals in Chattanooga. How did you decide when you were deciding all your markets? Like, how did you decide on Knoxville and Chattanooga area? I kind of was just looking at a lot of the criteria where there's good rentals, looking at um, the ARVs and looking for buyer activity and seeing where it would kind of make sense. Uh, Again, going back to the course, kind of seeing what checks off that in that criteria. And then, um, you know, I got stuck on a few and I, you know, started stalking the Facebook groups and seeing how much activity was in them. Mm -hmm. And I thought that these markets, you know, would be a good opportunity to kind of just get started. And it was one of those things where it's like, if I, if I continue to dwell on which one to go in, I'm never yeah. going to take the action. So like, let's just jump in and try it. Yeah. Yeah. I, a lot of people get stuck, you know, on how do you pick a market? I mean, there's almost 400 metros in the United States. So you've got, you know, a, a huge area to cover. And I think I, it's funny because I noticed even though there is, I think there's like 385 metros, something like that in the US, but like everybody seems to pick the same 15 markets in my experience. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. So like, I remember talking to you on your welcome call and I was like, stay out of like where everybody goes. Cause those are so saturated. All those people are now coming to me saying they want to go virtual. Yeah. I remember I had a lot of them on my list as well, but then even just doing like a quick Google search of like best markets to wholesale in, yeah. like the same 10 pop up. And yeah. I'm thinking people are probably doing the same thing that I'm doing. So mm-hmm. let's try to look at it from a different angle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like just take it from a creative eye and go, okay, there's 385 metros. Like let's get a list of the metros in the US. And what areas, you know, do you have any connection to? Like, did you go to college there? Did you, do you have an aunt that lives there? Like, Anywhere that you feel like you're called to for some reason, do you just like the weather and think like that would be a cool place to like maybe visit or something, you know, if you mm-hmm. need help, like everyone wants this like formula, like they're like, is there statistical data that I can pull right now that will tell me that this is the best market to wholesale? And I was like, yeah, if there was, everyone would be in that market and then it wouldn't be the best market to wholesale. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I have connections to Florida too. So I was really thinking about Florida, but at least while I'm living out here, um, you know, Florida has kind of exploded and been pretty crazy yeah. this last yeah. uh, two years of pandemic. So mm-hmm. it has, it's almost like going to another California. That's what I've heard from people that are there. So mm-hmm. it just feels like it would be, they're just easier places to do this business virtually. And I, I will say, I mean, if you can work in your backyard, like that's great. Like that's probably always the easiest way to go. Right. There are some hoops you have to jump through with being virtual So when in doubt, like work your backyard, but if you don't have to work your backyard, like try to find like an easier market. That's not just like another version of your backyard. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's a little, um, a little interesting because normally people might start out in their backyard and then go virtual, Mm -hmm. but part of me feels like going virtual. And then maybe if you move or go somewhere else, then trying in your backyard, like I feel like it, it's so much harder, it seems, to close over the phone and do these things all over the phone when somebody's never met you face to face, you know? And so once you learn kind of the skills of how to talk with people and how to build that rapport, yeah, maybe if I moved out of San Francisco, I feel like doing it in my backyard might be easier now doing it virtual first. Yeah. I, I do feel like there is this competitive advantage that you got started right out of the gate with like the virtual skill you know? And I think in general, like being more efficient with your time, like if you don't have to go to a seller meeting and you can still get stuff under contract, even if you are in your backyard, like why, like who wants to get in the car and, you know, waste a whole day on a seller meeting when you can, you know, just have a good script and do it over the phone. So that's awesome. So, so you got started and I know as far as talking to you right now, you've closed a couple deals. You've got some deals in the pipeline. So you've got some Mm -hmm. momentum. How did you get from like, okay, picky, I picked a market. Now what? And tell us about that in between. Oh man, it was a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think starting out, it's really getting over your fear and getting over maybe anxiety fears. What are they going to say? What's going to happen? And just going for it because at the end of the day, you're going to learn from each call that you have with somebody. You're going to learn from each, you know, misstep that you make. Mm-hmm. And I, I started right around the holiday time. So mm-hmm. um, it was a little difficult because, you know, I felt like, why isn't anybody like, you know, they seem like they want to sell, but I'm not yeah. getting any contracts. What's going on here? I started around a, a rough time. And what actually ended up kind of snowballing and leading to the deals is, I would just continue to follow up with these people. Um, as a journalist, I am not afraid to bug you. I'm not afraid to continue to call you 
I'm not afraid to continue to have those conversations. So that's definitely helped out with uh, this skill set when it comes oh, yeah. to getting things under contract because I'm used to I'm used to following up and bugging people. Sometimes. And you're used so. to kind of uncomfortable <laughs> conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, basically, you know, I cold call every day for my job. So essentially, this helps me have these random out of the blue conversations with people. So um, I know that's a, probably a part where a lot of people get stuck or feel like, you know, maybe frozen and they don't want to keep making the calls because maybe conversations aren't going the way they expected. But I'll tell you, I had a lot of those and I kind of probably two, three months, I was having those same conversations and they weren't necessarily leading somewhere. I thought I had someone on the hook and then mm-hmm. maybe I got it under a contract and I was just learning my market. I had the prices wrong. So fast forward, probably four months. And these are people that I continued to have conversations with, build rapport. And then finally those started turning into contracts and deals. Mm-hmm. And some of them are still like, I'm not quite ready, but like, you're the first person I'm going to sell to. So I've learned that like consistency and persistence has definitely been my best friend in this. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. do you have a full-time job right now? Yeah. I work full-time in um, TV news. And so my schedule, which I am lucky, um, yeah. like some people, my schedule on uh, you know Pacific time, I work from 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. Oh. So in the mornings when we have our calls and when we're doing this, I have all, all this time to make calls and yeah. Uh, text and I use, you know, wake up pretty early and I do, you know, five hours of calling and texting and then yeah. I go and get ready for work and do it all over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but a lot of people like, I think they can't conceptualize like, how am I going to start a side business when I already am working? You know, so what does that mm-hmm. look like in your day? So for you, you're lucky that your day actually starts like a little bit later, but then you have to stay up late. So like, that's really hard. That's tough. And is that five days a week? That's five days a week. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's Um, hard. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've been doing it for six months now, so it, it definitely does tire you out and it comes with sacrifice, but I think it's all depending on what your end goal is and, you know, the journey and working towards what you want, what you want to happen and make happen, you know? I have the goals in the future to do flips and hold rentals. And this is something that I I really, really want for myself. So I think it'll be, you know, all the grind is worth it. The grind will get you there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember I did it for a year. I did that, you know, where I had a corporate job. It was when my daughter was one years old and then I was pregnant with Presley. And I had a full year, you know, where I was working eight to five. And then I just would basically break up my day. It was not as consecutive. So like I would get up in the morning, like get to work. I would listen to like educational stuff on my way to work. So it was like in my brain, you know, and then I was lucky that my job was kind of mellow. So if I got my work done, like I could kind of like comp properties out <laughs> do stuff mm-hmm. at work. I always made sure I did my job at my lunch break is when I would call the sellers and like make the offers and follow up. And then on my way home, I would call the sellers like on the phone as I'm driving home in traffic. And then I would do a lot on the weekend. So I would get like my, like um, my husband at the time to watch, you know, our daughter and I would go to Starbucks or something to get caught up. So that was like, how I did it with the eight to five and I had a kid on top of it. So like it was a grind for a year, but it really was just a year. Like, and then I remember, and I kept myself motivated by constantly thinking about that moment when I pick up the phone and I quit my full-time job. (laughs) 
I know, right? <laughs> it's definitely, <laughs> I think that helps us all get through it. And yeah. uh, I, I think you're also like a living testament, a living testament that like, whether you think that you don't have any time, it's like, you know, you have however many hours a week. It's just where you yeah. decide to put them and what you decide to do with them. Seriously. Like I always do this calculation whenever um, I get the like, I don't have enough time. And I go, okay, so there's 24 hours in a day and there's seven days in a week. Okay. So that's 168 hours in a week. I'm writing this down. Now <laughs> you work 40 hours, you know, a week. So what's 168 minus 40 is 128 remaining hours. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I get it. If you have kind of a weird schedule where maybe like you can't work on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you have like, 14 hour shifts, it's never going to happen. But like, what about the weekends? You don't have to do this like every single day, you know? If you, I take Saturdays off. Yeah. If you put your mind to it, like you will make this work. Like you can fit it in your schedule. You know, it's Mm -hmm. amazing what we can do when we really like have to. So, yeah, that is really, really exciting. Now, is there any advice to anyone who is starting out in a virtual territory where they don't know anyone to, you know, get started wholesaling or close like their first deals? What is like your best advice that you would give? Well, I think this also goes back to what we learned in in your course, you know, um, get connected with people that are already doing deals in the market, get connected with somebody that you want to make sure that they're legitimately doing several deals a month. So you know that they know the territory and, you know, we would call them JV partners, joint venture partners. And, you know, if you find a good one, for a little bit, you know, you can't rely on them too heavily for a long time, but for a little bit, they'll be able to teach you some of the things that you wouldn't know. Like mm-hmm. these are people that live in the market. They know the hit or miss streets, you know, the war zone areas, and they'll be able to kind of more so help you and get more knowledge about the area. And then you can also just look at, you know, the flow of what's going on in the Facebook groups to see, you know, is there a lot of activity? Is there a lot going on here? So I was very lucky. I got connected with, um, at first I had a JV partner that I think was also part of my problem starting out. And so I think that was a speed bump in some of the first couple of contracts I got that I had Mm -hmm. to cut loose. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that they were working it the way that they said that they were. Yeah. So, you know, I ended up getting another JV partner who was absolutely fantastic. Uh, they know the area very well, and um, you know they'll go down meet the meet the sellers, and uh, they bring their buyers through, and um, they just really help me learn the market and what people are specifically looking for. So I have to say a lot of kudos to him. Shout out to Logan, uh, he's been really great. Yeah, and you know a lot of people ask like they get so scared about working with a JV partner. They're like, what if he's shady? What if he what? And I'm like, what is he gonna do? Like realistically, what is the worst that can happen? You own the contract. Yep. You know, you have the property under the contract. As long as you don't sign some sort of agreement with him, you know, that's why everybody goes, oh, well, do you have a JV agreement? And I'm like, no, because I don't, I want to not have any like contractual agreement with this person. If it's not working out, then, you know, we just work on a deal by deal basis with your JV partners. And if it's not working out, you cut them loose, you know, and... Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the worst that can happen. But the best case is that they move the deal. You cut your learning curve like tenfold rather than trying to do it yourself. Could you imagine trying to do it yourself your first few deals? Absolutely not. And I'll tell you too, because actually I've had some other wholesalers 
get involved with people, you know, get involved with leads that I was working for a while. And these wholesalers, you know, and this is probably something that I would have done if I didn't know, but these wholesalers are offering them mar- like above market value, mm-hmm. over promising them. And they actually, and that's how I got some of my deals messed up. You know, yeah. that's why I lost them because they had other wholesalers coming in who over promised them and didn't really know the true market. And, and I don't yeah. know if they knew what they were doing, but it definitely threw, threw it off. And then, you know, I'd get a call from the seller, maybe a couple months later, like, Hey, are you still interested? Yeah. And, you know, didn't yeah. work out obviously. So, um, I definitely recommend finding a JV partner and just, you know, hit the ground running. Yeah. I love it. Well, I'm so proud of you. You've done really, really well. You've closed two deals. You have a couple deals in the pipeline. I mean, you've done really, really well for the amount of time that you have, you know, been doing this and that you have a full-time job. Like that's amazing. Yeah. Well, thanks, Lauren. And I, you know, I owe a lot of credit to you for being an awesome coach. And uh, another thing I just want to add for people, and I think I had the also the expectation. I think a lot of people come into this thinking that they're going to get a deal right away. And, you know, you have no pipeline, you have nothing. And they think, and sometimes people do get lucky. And I've seen a lot of my friends get lucky and do that. I'm like, that's amazing for you. But, you know, just got to keep going. And that's, that's the biggest thing I've learned. Like you can't expect results immediately. Mm -hmm. I totally, you have to be patient. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could take, um, I know for me, it took four months to get my first property under contract. And I was like working every single day and it still took me four months Mm -hmm. just to get the thing under contract. And then it took eight months total before I made my first paycheck because we flipped that house. So it was like a long time to go without making any money and just having this like hope and vision, (laughs) like, and (laughs) just going out, just going for that hope and vision. Like, Mm -hmm. I know there's money. (laughs) I think there's money in this. I think I'm going to be able to quit my full-time job. Like just knowing in my heart that I could do it. So, you know, but if you stay patient, you could get there. If you are the type of person who has a hard time staying patient and you want results now, you want what you want and you want it now and you don't want to have to work for it, man, you are not going to do very well in any business, honestly, like any business. I was telling my daughter, yeah. the story came up yesterday. It made me think of what I was telling my daughter. So she was like, we were um, riding bikes to our other daughter's beach volleyball practice yesterday to pick her up. And she's like, why can't I just get a cell phone? You know, you are so strict. You're so strict. And I mean, why, I don't understand why I can't get a cell phone. She's 11. Oh, and, good luck. Yeah, she's 11. Okay. Like, who do you think you are? So I said, I go, it's not that I'm strict. There's a reason I'm doing this. It's because I want to teach you how to delay gratification. And she's like, what does that even mean? And I was like, it means, oh, and I'm not the best at explaining. I was like trying to explain it to a kid. I was like, well, if I gave you what you wanted when you wanted it and you never had to wait, you never had to think about something every single day for like a year, you know, you would just be naturally inclined to always expect to get your result immediately as an adult. And I was like, but Mm -hmm. I want you to be the type of adult that can work at something for years and years, not getting rewarded. And then after 10 years, you finally got rewarded, right? Yep. (laughs) I'm trying to teach her, you know, delayed gratification. So, you know, it's... You're training a little hustler. I'm training her, you know, like, so she's not getting a cell phone until she's like 18. So, (laughs) well, Taylor, thank you so much for coming on the show. If anybody is in your area, maybe they want to do deals with you. How could somebody reach you in Chattanooga? She's in Chattanooga. That's her market. Bring her some contracts. Yeah. Chattanooga and Knoxville. Um, Anyone interested, you can reach me uh, either on my email or on social media. 
Uh, my email is T, then my last name, Bisaki, B I S A C K Y, 41 at gmail.com. Or you can also reach me on Instagram, which is the handle at Taylor, spelled T A Y L O R underscore Bisaki, B as in boy, I S A C K Y TV. TV. Cool. Well, we'll put that in the show notes. It was awesome having you today. Thank you so much for inspiring others by your story, Taylor. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lauren. And uh, it's awesome. Things come full circle that I got involved listening and it's awesome to be on the podcast today. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. And guys, remember, if you want to learn more about virtual wholesaling, make sure you check out www.virtualinvestingmastery.com. And if you found this show helpful, make sure you spread the word and share this episode to a friend who may benefit. Thanks for listening and I'll see you guys next time. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.